Good news, great joy for all people. And we got this from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 10. Luke 2, 8 through 10. And, and here we have this amazing happening. And, and you know, if you're, if you're like me, I've mentioned this the last couple of weeks, it's hard to read this without hearing Linus's voice from Charlie Brown, right? Um, but, but Luke chapter 2, verses 8, two, 8 through 10. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Good news that will cause great joy for all people. And so, so check this out, and, and, and don't miss this. You have, you have these angelic beings who are suspended between two. It's a dichotomy of spirituality. They've come from a palatial kingdom of heaven where everything's perfect, where there are no tears, where there is no darkness. The power and the majesty of God reigns supreme. The joy of the Lord fills the streets of heaven. They've come from this amazing place called heaven and they're looking down at these shepherds in this field and they're looking at the, the sin problem of humanity and they're looking back at what God is now going to do to solve the sin problem of humanity. And so they're stuck with between two dimensions of spirituality and it causes them to look down upon humanity, the shepherds, and say, hey, wait a minute, don't be afraid. This is good news. It's good news that's going to cause great joy for all people. And so I want to talk to you today and we're going to key in on that for all people. See, it, it's very easy to come to a church service like this and squeeze in or, and, and, and say, you know, yeah, I went to church this Christmas or any Sunday, really, and, and kind of separate yourself and say, well, that's probably not for me because I'm not perfect or that's probably for that person over there or that family over there. Uh, you know, for all people, good news is the cause for great joy for all people. Are you ready? Let's go. Number one, good news for all people. Luke 19.10, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. It's good news for all people. He has come to seek. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. How many of you used to play hide and seek with your kids when they were little? Right? What a terrible, I mean, how bad of a parent would you be if you never went to find them? Date night. <laughs> I bet he'll stay there for an hour. Shh. Now, don't you remember being a little kid? You wanted to be found, right? You wanted your dad or your mom to, you wanted to be found, especially that like three to four year old age. And, and you're like, going, I wonder where they're at. Hmm, are they in this closet? No. Uh, and you hear him giggling. <laughs> And they're, they're making a little bit of noise because they want to be found. I would submit to you today that we live in a generation, we live in a culture, we live in a society of lost people who really, at the end of the day, are looking to be found. They may not tell you that. They may not act that way. They may be bitter. They may be angry. But the inner child, that place in them that's been broken by the harshness of life, wants to be found. It was good news and a cause of great joy for all people for the son of man has come to seek 
and to save that which was lost. We celebrate Christmas because he came to find us. We celebrate Christmas because we have a God that loved us so much, he sent his only son to die for us. I've been telling you the last couple of weeks, I love Christmas for multiple reasons, but I love Christmas because it's the best time of the year to tell people about Jesus. The Babylonian uh, culture that we live in that presses against Christianity and the ideology and the beliefs of this book ha- has done a, can do a lot of harm and can, can try to teach you that this is not truth and, and move a generation this way or that way. But let me tell you, you can't spell Christmas without Christ. I told you, go in stores and smile real big and say, Merry Christmas. Get the crazy eye going. <laughs> Merry Christmas. See, because there, there's, there's a lot of stores now that, that they're not allowed to say Merry Christmas unless you say that to them, right? And perhaps you work at one of those. If you do, let me know. I'm going to come by. <laughs> I'm going to say it to you, and then you can say, Merry Christmas. I mean, just give it to them. Merry Christmas. Don't be in such a hurry and, and a Grinch. Don't have a Grinchmas look on your face. Merry Christmas. I love Christmas because you can share Jesus. It's an open door. It's a time of year to say, you know what? You might be hurting, but there's a Christ who came to seek. He came to look for you. He left the 99 to find the one. He is looking to have a relationship with you. What a great, great time of the year to tell people about Jesus. It's good news for all people. John 1.12 says this, but as many as received him to them, he gave the right to become children of God to those who believe in his name. Look at that. To as many as received him, to them he gave his life to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. Anyone. It's good news for everyone. Now, I know in a crowd this size, there's probably people here today who say, Jason, you know what? I know you're saying it says for all people. I'm not saying it says for all people. The Bible saying it says it's for all people. It's good news. It causes great joy for all people. But you don't really know me. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know what a wreck of my life I've made. You don't know uh, the addictive patterns in my life. You don't know the people I've hurt. You don't know the, the drama I've caused. You don't know the bridges I've burnt. You know, I, I just don't, you know, I'm here today because somebody invited me and I care about that person. But really, this Jesus thing can't be for me because you just don't understand how bad I am. And, and I think a lot of times you would look around at other families and, and think, wow, they got it all together. They got it all together. Ain't nobody got it together. You, you know those Christmas cards you get? And you're like, look at their family. Their dog's even smiling. <laughs> Do you know how many times that kid that's smiling got smacked on the back of the head? <laughs> Boy, you better smile. It's the 30th time we try to do this. Smile right now or your Santa's not coming. <laughs> That's why we never did Christmas cards. You ain't getting a family Christmas card from us, all right? Don't think we just forgot you. We don't send them. Never have. <laughs> but, but no one's got it together. And I love this. I want to read this. Hebrews 11 is, is referred to as the hall of fame of faith a, a lot of times. But we're going somewhere with this. We're going to talk about Rahab for a moment. And about how this is good news that calls for great joy for all people, for everyone. By faith, the harlot, prostitute Rahab, did not perish with those who did, did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. Now, you know the story uh, of when the, the spies are sent out to, to spy out the land, the city they're going to destroy. The prostitute Rahab hides them. And, and when, when the city gets torn down, her and her family get saved. 
So she, she did a great thing for God's people. But check this out. If you go, you, you ever read the ge- genealogy of Christ and Matthew? I'm not going to read the whole thing because I can't pronounce half the names. I would butcher them. Plus, I don't have time. But I, I will read a couple verses. So if you go to Matthew, Matthew 1, 5 and 6, Salmon begot Boaz by who? Now, this is the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Salmon begot Boaz by Rahab. Salmon begot Boaz by a prostitute. Boaz begot Obed by Ruth, Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David the king. Now, now, now we've got Rahab is in the same lineage as King David. You fast forward, I don't have time to read it all. Keep going, go to the next slide, Matthew 1. Go all the way down to verse 16. And Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. Don't tell me that you're too bad. Don't tell, because here's what happens. When you say you've gone too far and stayed too long and done too much for God to reach you, you minimize the length of his arm and there is no distance to be. He spans the universe. He gathers the waters of this earth into the palm of his hand. No, you can't go too far. You can't stay too long. You can't be too messed up for Jesus. Jesus came for the messed up. He said it's not the healthy that need a doctor. It's the sick. It's good news of great joy for all people. You got Rahab, a prostitute, who's in the genealogy of the Savior, the Messiah, Jesus Christ. And, And listen, lineage was an important thing in this day. You were proud of your lineage. You know, we live in a culture where a lot of us can't, can't even get four generations back before we, you know, we don't even know where we came from. But, but lineage, so, so God could have chosen any line of lineage for his son to be born. I mean, it could have been this king and then this king and this king and this king and then all the way down to be born in a palace and to be born into kingship. But that's not the kind of, that's not the kind of Jesus this humanity, the sin-filled humanity needed. We needed a Jesus that could identify with us. We needed a Jesus that understood us. We needed a high priest that was not separate from us, that was tempted in all ways, yet lived without sin. That's who we needed to come. That's why we celebrate Christmas. And that's the Christ that we read about in the Bible. It's good news for all people. I love Christmas. Number two, it's great joy for all people. Great joy for all people. you, You think about joy to the world. You think about this time of year and, and I know a lot of people that just want this time of year to be over with. You just want to rush through it because life circumstance has stolen your joy. I'll talk to you for a moment about a joy the world can't give you so the world can't take it away. Let me talk to you for a moment about a joy that circumstance didn't give you so circumstance can't take it away. We see two different types of people here and the dichotomy could not be more perfect for this message. First, we're going to see the wise man, Matthew 2, 9 through 11. When they heard the king, when they heard the king, they departed and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, 
They saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him of gold and frankincense and myrrh. When they opened their treasures, these are smart men. These are very wealthy men. These are men with, with status. These are men. And what did they do? They were rejoicing over the fact that a Savior had been born when they saw the, the child. And by this time, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a, a toddler probably. By, by the time this happens, when they saw the child, with his mother, they fell down and worshiped him. These important, they fell down and worshiped him. And then they, they gave him the treasures, which many theologians will tell you helped Jesus start his ministry as he, he went out into the world and started his ministry. But, but I want you to get, these were very wise, educated, wealthy men that went looking for Jesus. Now go back to Luke chapter two. We stopped at verse 10. We'll pick it up. At verse 13, and this is, this is, and suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, now check this out if you're a shepherd. This is really cool. This is really cool. Because if, if you're a shepherd, you're kind of like, dude, you seeing this? Are, are you, it was it me? Did you put some of those mushrooms in my breakfast this morning? Did you, is it, are you seeing this? Because after the angel tells him, good news, great joy for all people, all, and suddenly there were with the angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God. A multitude of heavenly hosts. It's, it's, a, it's a lot. <laughs> Glory to God in the highest on earth. Peace, goodwill towards men. Verse 15. So it was when the angels had gone away from, in, from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger, just as it had been told to them by the angels. A great thing has happened in Bethlehem. It's good news. It's a cause of joy for all people. Now check this out. You got the wise, elite, status rich, educated, and then you've got the shepherds. And this is what I love about the Bible because the Bible is for everyone. And, and so you got, you got the shepherd. Now, now, shepherd job really wasn't high on the list at like monsterjobs.com. A shepherd, you know, you, you, didn't, you didn't get online back then and just try to find a shepherd job. Like, it's just not something, it's just not, it, you just kind of fell into being a shepherd. Like, you, you've, it, shepherds for people like, who didn't want to shave, or shower. Yeah, man, I think I just, I think I watch these sheep. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I'm going to do. I, I, yeah. No, but on, on a serious note. On a serious note, low economic status, terrible job, bad job, stinky job, long hours. I find it so interesting that Jesus refers to him as a shepherd, himself as a shepherd so many times. Don't you? Identifying with lowly. But the point here is it's good news, a cause for great joy for all people. Because over, over here you have the far spectrum of the wise, elite, educated. And over here you've got the shepherds. And then everybody in between. Are you getting this? For all people. Everybody in between. You can't sit here today and, and, and remove yourself from all people. For everyone. You can't do it. You can, in your pride, you can try. 
Well, you don't know me. You don't know what I've done. You But you can't do it because the Bible says for all people, it's for everybody, it's for everyone. It's for the wise men, it's for the shepherds, and it's for everyone in between. I, I think so many times we just by virtue of the culture that we live in and the, and the way that our minds are shaped by media, whether you know it or not, the way that, that we're shaped by the world that we live in, that we automatically size people up. Oh, I would never do that. I, I, no, I would never do that. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. You do. You, you size people up. You look, you look at somebody and go, man. And you come to your conclusion about that person. You may not even have gotten to talk to them yet. And you already think you know everything about them. How dare we do that as Christians to people with the gospel? Do you remember what it was like to be lost? Do you remember what it was like not to be able to go to sleep at night in peace? Do you remember what it was like to wonder if you would wind up in heaven or in hell? Do you remember what it was like to have a void in your life that you just couldn't figure out? Why do I feel so empty inside? And then Jesus came and found you and he filled that void and he changed you and he filled you with his spirit and he gave you purpose and he gave you destiny. Don't, don't, don't size people up. I'm so glad Coastline Community Church is a church where, where no one who comes through that door is judged. Everyone is welcomed at this church. We don't look around. We don't look. And some of you are like, you know, it goes both ways. Sometimes some of you are like, well, I, I wish I had their money. You see the car they're driving? Hey, look, if you want their money, you got to have their problems. <laughs> look, somebody gets a new car. I've heard something, it must be nice. That's why you don't have a new car. Because <laughs> your attitude. Listen, somebody gets a new car, you go right up to them and go, glory to God, tell me about it. Take me for a ride. Pull the top off this baby, let's turn some worship music on and praise God for this car. Let's go down A1A, Beachfront Avenue. Again. <laughs> <laughs> It's probably the first time that's ever been said in a church. That joker found something and stuck with it, didn't he? Yeah, whatever. Point is, point is, point is, the gospel's for everyone, for everybody, for all people, for all people. God was in love with humanity. You're the apple of his eye. He loved humanity so much he sent his only son be born, to live a sinless life, to take our death and sin on the cross for all people, the wise men to the shepherd and everyone in between. That's the beauty. That's the good news. That's the, that's the antidote for sin, isn't it? That's a, good, that's a good way to put it. That's the antidote that doesn't matter your, your blood type. It's called a sin type, and we're all born into it. And it's good news because there's a cure. And his name's Jesus. Wow. I love Christmas. But I love Jesus. I prayed this morning that God would allow you think of, think about joy. And I, I sincerely prayed, God, would you start with me? 
would you start with me this morning and, and would you remind me the joy of my salvation? God, would you, would you just let it bubble up inside of me? God, forgive me of the times that I just forget what, what a miracle it is that, that you saved me. Forgive me, God, and, and would, you, would you let that joy start with me, God? Let that joy just bubble up in me, and, 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 and God, this joy that the world tries to give us with things, not that kind of joy, that joy that comes from knowing I'm at peace with you, that joy that, that comes from, God, the joy to the world, that joy, and, and I'm telling you, as I prayed that and I asked God, you know, Lord, would you do that for me? I just, I really felt like God, this is not weird, I, I really felt like God just kind of gave me a big, a big daddy hug, just a big hug in my spirit, you know, like, and that joy, and that joy began to bubble up in me, and I thought, I can't wait to preach about joy today, I can't wait to talk about Christmas today, I, I just, and a and smile came across my face, now we did bring two different vehicles this morning, so maybe that had something to do with, no, I'm just kidding, <laughs> hey, joy, she is my joy, joy, and, and, and I'm like, I'm like, you know what, God, would you just would you remind us of how awesome it is to know you and how awesome it is to, to be saved? And, and, and I challenge you to pray that through this holiday season and not to look to things of this world to bring you joy because they'll let you down. Look to Jesus. Look to, that's why we celebrate Christmas. About, and then let that joy bubble over. Let it flow out of you. And, and, and then let it, let it become like the concentric circles. I can't say that word. Let it become like the ripple effect, right? Where you throw a stone in the water and it ripples and then ripples and ripples and then ripples. And let that joy flow out of your life. Let it, let it flow. Let it flow out of your life. And it's not a joy because of material things that you have or don't. Have. It is a joy because God loved us so much he sent his only son to die for us. Joy to the world. The Lord has come. Number three, hope for all people. So we got good news for all people. We got great joy for all people. Let's talk about hope for a second. I've said this before. I believe that hope is the oxygen of the human soul. I, I, deal, with, I deal with people a lot. And, and I would say that a lot of times I deal with people after they've really messed up. And... And they're in a really dangerous, dark place of losing hope of everything putting itself back together with God's help. Hope is such an important part of who we were made to hope, to hope for something. And, and this time of year, I know that, that many of us would, would say, you know what, the pressures of life and this and that and the other, maybe you've been tempted to lose hope. Maybe you're watching online or you're listening online or you're in this room today and, and hope's hard to come by. It's a hard commodity right now in your life. Hope, hope for a future. You, you think about hope, hope deferred, the Bible says, makes a heart sick. And hope being the oxygen of the human soul, you got to have hope. Don't lose your hope. So Jason, I don't know what I have to hope in. Well, I can tell you one thing you have to hope in. You can hope in a God that loves you. You, you can hope in Jesus because he won't let you down. You, you, can, you can hope in the fact that if you will allow us, we'll be your church family. You got friends here. 
And you can hope in the promises of God, and this book's full of them. I want to reference a, a man who had been promised by God, and, and, and you want to talk about hope. Hope for all people. Luke 2, 25 through 32. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it, it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So it had been said, God had told him, you will not die until you see the Messiah. You're not going to die until the Messiah has been born. So he came, it's very important, a man of the Spirit. He came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed him, blessed God, and said, Now watch this. This is incredible. Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace. In other words, I can die. According to your word, for my eyes have seen your salvation. Oh man, this little baby. Simeon's at the, he's he's ready to dedicate and and fulfill the law and and, and he's holding this, this little baby. He took up the little baby, Jesus. And he's realizing at this very moment, I'm looking at the salvation of God. I'm holding in my arms the salvation of humanity, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples. Now watch this. Then he prophesies before, you know, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. What was Simeon hoping for? He was hoping in a promise. What was the promise? The promise was he wasn't going to die until his eyes laid eye, he laid eyes on the Messiah. So he was hoping in that every day of his life. He was hoping in that until Mary and Joseph show up with baby Jesus and he holds, and Lord, I have seen, I can depart in peace for I have seen your salvation. And he takes it a step further for, for him to say a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles was unheard of because the Jewish people, the Israel was waiting on their savior, their Messiah. Now we know Paul and, and plants churches and he goes all throughout Thessalonica and all these different places and he includes the Gentiles and he includes, but this is pre all of that. This is Simeon who is prophesying it, this child is not just going to be for Jews. It's going to be for the Gentiles. That word Gentiles right there represented pretty much everyone who wasn't a Jew. For all people. You see this? Don't lose hope. God doesn't love the person. God doesn't love the person down the road from you any more than he loves you. Don't let circumstance dictate your hope. Don't lose hope. Hang on, because if you don't quit, you can't lose. Maybe you're in a valley today. I believe I said this in one of the services last week. You 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 don't dig wells on mountaintops. You dig them in valleys. Sometimes we got to go through valleys. Some of us have had a hard year. Some of us had a great year. I told Ram, I'm going to preach a summer series in the new year called To Hell with Last Year. (laughs) I probably won't do that, but it's kind of catchy. And for some of us, there's a lot of truth in that. Hey, listen, just as your pastor, just let me tell you, 
I want you to hear this. Don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. Hang on. Hang on. Not to spoil the ending, but everything's going to be okay. Hang on. Don't lose hope. I love Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the thoughts that I, I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and hope. I love this scripture so much because it totally solidifies the kind of God we have. No matter what you think about God or have been taught about God, maybe you think he's up there on the throne drinking wine, eating grapes, waiting to bop you on the head with a lightning bolt when you mess up. Maybe you think he's mad at you all the time because of stuff that's happened in your life. Well, God, why did you let this happen? And, and why? Blah, 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 blah. But, but here's the kind of God. He says, look, the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil to give you future and a hope. Don't let go of hope. Hope floats. I preached a series one time called Hope Floats or a message back, back in the day. And, and I said, hope floats is when the movie was out. You know, that's where I got the idea. Hope floats. And all the women go, oh, they swooned. Don't lose hope. Don't lose hope. I have hope for you. I want you to hear that. If you don't think anybody else in this world today has hope for you, I've got hope for you. You know I have hope for you? Because I've been in places in my life where I didn't think I could find hope. And hope found me. Because someone else had hope in me. I have hope for you. There are people around you that have hope. Don't you dare let the enemy steal your hope. Don't you let him lie to you and tell you that it's never going to get better. See, that's what he loves to do. He loves to isolate you and then, and then ram you in your thought life that things are terrible and they're never going to get any better and, 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 until you reach a point where you have no hope. Do not lose your hope. Amen? Amen. Last thing. So you got good news for all people, great joy for all people, and then, and then for everyone... And then you, you, you have a personal invitation for all people. A personal invitation. Personal invitation. I, I love when people take the time to handwrite letters. And I don't know what that says about my age, or I don't know what that says. But I think it's, re- it's really cool, this texting world. That we- I love to get texts, too, because I know we're busy. I lo- I love- a lot of you guys will text me you know, and say, hey, Pastor Jason, praying for you today. Da-da-da, I love you. And I love that. I love that. But you know, you get the Christmas cards in the mail from these companies, and you look at it, and it's got your name on a label, and then, and then you open it up, and you can tell it's stamped signature. You know what I'm talking about? Like stamp. And some of you own companies and have thousands of those. I'd be stamping them too. But I love, I love sometimes walking in my office, and I walk into my bathroom in the morning, and there'll be a handwritten note from my wife. She's the best at this. She, she hand, she'll handwrite me notes and I'll find them different places. When I travel, I'll open my suitcase and there'll be a note on just the right day. Or, or, or you know, she, she does this really neat thing called the 12 days of Christmas with me. And so every day I've been getting a stocking full of stuff that I like. Um, not expensive stuff, stuff like Mr. Good Bars. That's a good stocking. And these little... These little cartoons, I think a couple days ago, the cartoon was these two snowmen, a man and a woman. And there's a rabbit down there with a hairdryer. And the woman says, Henry, just give him our noses. It's not worth it. (laughs) Rabbit, carrots, blow dryer. (laughs) It's a rabbit flamethrower. Just give him our noses. 
Anyway, but she'll, she'll, write, she'll write these little notes in her handwriting. And I'm, you know, I know her handwriting. But it's personal. You know what I'm saying? There's a, there's a person. I love that. I, I love getting handwritten stuff. And, and that's what Jesus did for us. And Matthew 1.23 says this, Behold, the virgin shall be called with child, shall be with child and bear a son. And they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. God with us, a personal invitation to have a relationship with a God that created everything we know. A personal relation, a personal invitation, handwritten invitation to each one of you. For he knew you before he formed you in your mother's womb. He knows you better than you know yourself. Emmanuel, God with us. The book of John says the word became, and the word became John 1, 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory. The glory is of the only begotten of the father, full of grace and truth. The word became flesh. We know the Bible says that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. Everything that we know that's been created was created in Him and through Him. That God, His only begotten, His only Son, His only Son, becomes flesh, leaves the palatial kingdom of heaven. The teacher steps out from behind the desk and walks among the students. And He did what we couldn't do. He fulfilled the law. That's why we don't have a high priest that's separate from us, yet one that was tempted in every way, that, but he lived without sin. He understands where you're at today. He understands the pain you're going through. He understands the loneliness that you may feel. He understands the, the fact the enemy wants to steal your joy and steal your hope, but he's, telling, uh, he's sending a personal invitation to you to have a relationship with him. Maybe you've never accepted Jesus or maybe you've been saved for years. It's for all of us. Listen, he, maybe, maybe you're like, oh yeah, well, I gave my heart to Jesus when I was eight years old and I'm fine. That's like saying, yeah, me and Raina were married 20 years ago, 21 years ago, and I spoke to her a few times along the way. He, he was, look at this next scripture. And the spirit and the bride says, come and let him who hears say, come and let him who thirsts come. Whoever desires, let him take the water of life freely freely and then this next I love this next scripture it's in Revelation also 3.20 behold I stand at the door and knock if anyone I love that Jesus is he is always it's he never there's never left to doubt that the gospel's for this person and maybe not for this person no no Behold, is Jesus talking, behold, behold, I stand at the door and knock. I love the simplicity of the gospel. I love the fact that Jesus knew that we were going to be dull humans and he had to break it down very simply for us. Because, I mean, the, the analogy of a door, you, you, know, the door, you know what a door is, right? Most, most of us understand what the concept, most of us, are, okay, 99% of us have seen a door before. Behold, I stand at the door and what? The concept of a door is to separate two areas. Sin separated us from God. If you come to my house and you want to come in my house, I would appreciate it if you knock on the door. If you don't, you may get shot. 
Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. And I, King James says, sup with him. I think the analogy there that Jesus is using is, I'm going to give life. You got to eat to stay alive. You got to eat. Every eating is a part of your everyday life. Open the door. Let me in. I want to do life with you. And he's standing there. He was knocking when he was born in the manger. He was knocking as he lived a sinless life. He was knocking as they crucified him on the cross. He was knocking from the grave. And he was knocking when he came out of the grave. And he's still knocking today. Because it's good news. Wake up. Wake up. It's good news. Some of you in this room say, yes, I'm a Christian, but your relationship has been doldrum with God. He's knocking saying, hey, Jason, it's been a while. Let's hang out. Let's go get something to eat. Have some quiet. Or maybe you're here today like some people in the first service. You've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal savior. And he knocks with love. No condemnation. For therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Gently, gently knocking. Saying, I've done everything I could do. I gave my life for you. Now it's balls in your court. You're going to open the door to your heart and allow him to walk in and take control of your life change you into a new creation the Bible says this is real folks this book's real you rewind mine and Raina's life 25 years ago and then look at us today you you would understand the reality of the, the, the change that can happen when you open your heart to to Jesus he'll change you takes a while it's called sanctification, but he'll change you. Have you made that decision? Have you opened the door for Jesus? Would you bow your head all over this place? No one's moving around in the overflow room. Please bow your head. If that's you and you'd say, Jason, that's me. I, I feel the Lord knocking at my heart. I, I feel the Holy Spirit dealing with me right now. And I know I need to give my life to Jesus. I know I do. I know I need to be saved. The Bible says anyone who believes in their heart and confesses with their mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord should be saved. They will be saved. They are saved. If that's you and you say, Jason, I need to do that, slip your hand up long enough for me to see it, put it right back down. I see your hand. Anyone, I see your hand. Anyone else? In the overflow room, I see your hand. Thank you. Young and old alike, people raising their hands saying, I need Jesus. I see your hand. I see your hand too. That's awesome. You raised your hand. All heads are bowed. I'm going to pray with you after service today. As you're coming up to get your communion bag, go to the table under the screen. Pete's up here. He'll give you a Bible and a seven-day devotion that'll help you on this new journey called Christianity. But right now, most importantly, let's pray together. Father, thank you for loving me and thank you for chasing me. And thank you for gently knocking on the door of my heart today. So I'm opening my heart to you, God. I'm putting my faith in you and I'm confessing in my heart that I believe Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. I believe that he lived a sinless life. I'm confessing that I believe he took my death and sin on the cross. 
I believe he was placed in the grave and I believe he rose from that grave on the third day and I believe he's coming back for me one day. So right now at this very moment, I give you my life, God. I give you the good, the bad, and the ugly. Take it. It's yours. Take it and mold it into something beautiful. Because God, this is who I'm hearing you are. And I'm ready to see it take shape in my own life. Give me the boldness to go up and get that Bible and devotion. Put people around me that can help me in this new decision and season of my life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, right where you're at, nobody move. But you can stand up. One more tradition that we have here at Coastline every Christmas is, first of all, you can stand up. First of all, this is what your cake should look like when you make it with your kids. <laughs> okay, can you get that up, Jeff? Can you? That's something to shoot for right there. But we're going to sing happy birthday to Jesus. And from this point forward, through, come Wednesday night. Please come Wednesday night. It's going to be so much fun. Make sure that Christmas is about Jesus this year. Are you ready? Here we go. Birthday to Come get your communion bag. Love you. Merry Christmas.